Hello and welcome to What's The Story. We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts from the What's The Story team on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And to help us do just that, we get the privilege to chat with amazing guests and delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome and the life lessons they have learned along the way. Now, if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our newsletter on our website, which is whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes, and they all get delivered straight to your inbox. And the best part, it's absolutely free. What's the Story is brought to you by Crowd Church. We understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everybody's cup of tea. And that's where Crowd Church steps in, providing a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you are new to the Christian faith or are in search of a new church family, we invite you to visit us at www.crowd.church. And if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at crowd.church. We're here to help and would genuinely love to connect with you. And now, without further ado, Let's meet your host and our very special guest for today. Hello and welcome to What's the Story. I'm Anna Kettle. I'm part of the Crowd Church team and I'm your host for this episode of What's the Story podcast. Now today I'm joined by guest Claire Thomas. Claire is a registered nutritional therapist and an NLP coach. She has a mission to empower people to look after themselves and enjoy life by making personalised nutrition and lifestyle changes. Now, Claire first developed chronic fatigue slash ME in 2012 whilst working as a children's nurse. And at the time, she was told that she would never recover. But as a Christian, she knew God can heal, even though she felt lost in the middle of this life-limiting diagnosis. Until eventually a friend gave her a book that looked at the importance of nutrition, mindset and faith and aided her gradual recovery. In 2019, she went back to uni to retrain as a nutritional therapist. And in 2022, she graduated in personalised nutrition and launched her new business called Nourished Soar, where she now works supporting clients to achieve results like improved energy, hormone balance, weight loss, better health, and so much more. I'm sure she'll tell us all about it in a moment. But Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to unpack a little bit more of your story because I know there's lots to cover. Um, <laughs> yeah. you've, you know, you've got background with chronic fatigue, as we just touched on. You've also experienced some infertility challenges and um, some mental health challenges. And I want to unpack all of that um, in the next 45 minutes, hour, if we can. Um, sure. I know it's a lot of grounds cover, but I think all of them <laughs> are really important issues. Um, yeah. But let's start, let's start from the top. Let's start at the beginning. Um, yeah. So would you start by telling us, Claire, a little bit about your early life, how you became a Christian, how your faith journey started, really? Sure, sure. So I didn't become a Christian till I was 21. I grew up in a household. We did go to church and I remember doing like going to Sunday school, but I don't ever remember thinking, 
like I had a relationship with Jesus. It was just something we did. And then my parents separated when I was 12. And so Sundays became daddy day. And I didn't really think any more mm. about kind of Christianity or anything of church or anything really. And then when I went to uni uh, to study children's nursing, I suddenly was surrounded by a lot of Christians and they would invite me along to things that, you know, Christmas, Easter, and I'd go. And then towards sort of the end of my degree, I was having a, a rough time. I think, um, yeah, things had happened and, and life was just hard. And I remember my friend just going, do you want to go to church? And I was like, oh, all right then. I don't know what made me say yes. And mm. she doesn't know what made her ask. Well, she know obviously she was like, it's probably the Holy Spirit. But, you know, at that point, she just felt that she needed to ask. And it was the most bizarre service I've ever been to in my life. Like at the time, I had no idea what was going on. People were fainting and crying and like just overcome, you know, as, as the preacher spoke. And now I know it's like they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But at the time, but I, I don't ever remember being freaked out. I just remember feeling peace. I I think I felt like I'd come home, like there was this sense of this is where I need to be. Like there was a bit of a hole in my heart. And just in that moment, like there was just an overwhelming sense of peace. And that summer I went on a kind of secondment to Toronto as part of uni, like you kind of go and see other places. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I'd really been traveling on my own. And I remember walking through a park in Toronto and just looking at my life and and I think, you know, at that point, I could see like there'd been a lot of darkness, a lot of like, you know, struggles with depression up to that point. And and I just just knew that if I didn't choose God, I wasn't sure what my life would look like and if I actually would be around for much longer. So I just thought I'll give God a go try and see what happens. And that was almost 20 years ago. Uh, and here I am. And yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey being a Christian. And there are days where, you know, you feel like you're clinging on by your fingertips. But I think what keeps me going is knowing what it was like before I met God and knowing mm -hmm. that actually, even in the really challenging times right now, it's better than it was without him. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, and yeah, just amazing that God obviously had his hand on you because, you know, even though you were kind of introduced in quite a crazy service, you weren't put off. So you're obviously mm. really searching at the time. And um, that's really cool. Um, but I wonder how life looked for you after that, because it hasn't all been perfect since then, has it? And it's that thing of becoming Christian doesn't equal a perfect life, even though, you know, mm. you did say God really brought a clear sense of hope and you know, yeah. in that sense, life was much better after you found God. But uh, yeah. there was still, what, further kind of mental health challenges around depression. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just tell us a little bit more about sort of how the two coincided. Sure. Yeah, it's so I think, you know, parts of depression that I was experiencing did lift. But the, the problem, like now I look back, or it's not a problem, but as I look back, it's hard to know with, with the depression that I was experiencing, how much was learnt behaviour. I grew up in a household with a, with a mum who had severe depression. So how yeah. much was it that I kind of picked up what was going on? I've recognised I'm a highly sensitive person. I have um, possibly got dyslexia. It's not been formally, you know, so there's a lot of things like processing-wise that was an issue. And also I now have learned so much about the gut to uh, brain link. 
and I had glandular fever at 18. So I'd already was living with some form of fatigue and then I had a huge amount of digestive issues for quite a number of years. So whilst I found God, and that definitely did help, there was that hope, there was that somebody's with me. I think there was a lot to unpick and that, you know, I'm still unpicking it 20 odd years later mm. around how I think and why I think the way I do and sort of how to put things in place to help me renew my mind. You know, if you think about be transformed yeah. by the newing of your mind. And that's definitely been a battle, you know, that kind of balance between I know God's with me and thinking on the word and standing on the word. But uh, so interestingly, like looking back, I think there was quite what now seems like a reasonably calm period. I think as I became a Christian, I definitely became more confident. I went traveling around the world on my own. You know, I had all these experiences. Mm. Um, I definitely I wouldn't say like, you know, the depression was still there at elements. Like I remember like longing to be in a relationship and being single was was really hard. But it, it was it was OK. And then I developed chronic fatigue um, in 2009, 10. I got formally diagnosed towards the end of 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that then started a whole new kind of journey within my faith, because when your health goes, you have to really lean into God. Mm -hmm. And I am fiercely independent. I think it's still a it's still an issue now. Like I'm fiercely independent and it takes a lot for me to let go <laughs> and mm -hmm. trust. And that's still something that I have to work on. I think um, a lot of us do. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I think with the, the chronic fatigue, mm -hmm. that was really tough because everything got taken away. So I, you know, I was very clear on where I was headed. I was going to become an advanced nurse practitioner. And then all of a sudden overnight, I was told I wouldn't recover. And it was that, like, you know, you said in your intro, this middle ground of, I know God can heal, but sometimes he doesn't heal. And at that mm -hmm. point, I think my faith, like now, I think there is an element of cynicism has come in, especially with the infertility, because at that point, I was like, well, God can heal. And there'd been nothing else to kind of compare it to. Yeah. And, but it became a, a long season of waiting. But in the waiting, like I learned more about nutrition. I learned more about mindset. I learned more about how to look after myself. And that did, you know, as, as I became weller, as I recovered, I, I was that spark, that desire to support others became ignited. And I think, mm. I could see like there was definitely some challenging moments, but you could almost start to see like this will work out. This will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I think so often you, you know, we're very good as Christians about talking about healing, like in a miracle moment, but actually yeah. more times than not my experience of having been a Christian for a long time too, is that God's healing process is slow and he works with us through medicine, through, you know, kind of self-care, through lots of yeah. different, you know, types of through renewing of the mind stuff, like you said, and that it's more of a slow process, more commonly than God just overnight touches someone and they're healed yeah. miraculously. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And I don't think one is less valid than the other, mm. but we can often feel that way, can't we? 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really important to kind of look at these things, I think, and that that's why what you're doing now with Nourish to Soar is so cool. And um, obviously, you did recover eventually, even though you were yes. told that you'd probably never would by medical people at the time. And you're now running your own business that supports yeah. other women in a similar positions. So, can you tell us a bit more about that? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah. So, I think, like I've said, you know, with the chronic fatigue, it was. I think, you know, I am a nurse, so I'm very medically minded. Mm -hmm. And that, that has changed, I think, with training as over the time to be a nutritional therapist. But, you know, I was like, remember being in the GP surgery and she was like, you cannot never go back to pediatric intensive care. This is it. It's over. Your career is over. Gosh. But, you know, like I said, but God heals. So it was really hard to sit in that because I'm very determined and I'm very proactive and I just couldn't accept that this was it. Mm -hmm. And I remember like joining Facebook groups with other individuals who had chronic fatigue. And it was, I personally found it not comforting because there was a lot of this will never change. This is it. And I was like, I can't mm -hmm. cope with this. And I think I almost kind of went insular and went, there is, there's got to be a way forward. Yeah. And like, and my friend gave me this book that combined nutrition, mindset and, and faith. And some of the principles were, were quite extreme, but I was like, I'm going to do this. And I committed and I committed to, to what it was suggesting. And I saw improvement. And yes, that didn't fully heal me. That came years later. Yeah. But I think what it did show me is that what I was eating prior to becoming unwell was not nourishing me, was not supporting my health. Mm. And actually the more I invested in eating well, you know, looking at my mindset, because there is a link, whilst chronic fatigue is not a mental health condition, there is a link between phys physical and mental. And, you know, yeah, so if I was exceptionally fatigued mentally, I would feel weaker. And if I was feeling mentally weaker, I would also feel physically weaker. And there was this, mm kind of cycle and I learned that actually my body um I'm I'm a hypervigilant individual so that means I'm always in a state of high levels of stress mm. and so it's been this constant journey to sort of bring it all together to like how do you heal yourself and stay trusting God when things don't work out the way you want them what can you do in the moment and I think that's what it taught me it's like what can I do and then let God do what he can do yeah. And it just really sparked this desire to want other people to not have to be in the position where they're getting a GP, for example, telling them you will never recover. I wanted them to know that there was hope and there was possibility and it might not look their healing might not look like my healing, but let's help them in practical ways to how do they nourish their body with the right food? Mm -hmm. How do they, you know, look after their mindset? all whilst you know sticking making sure we're following biblical principles so mm. that it all comes together and it's quite extreme really when you think about it isn't it there's not many illnesses you would get where a gp would say you're never going to recover i don't no, think they cancer patients or <laughs> i know there are illnesses like that but it, it's like at very least you would think it would be more the focus would be on managing a long-term condition mm -hmm. well and staying as fit, like, like diabetes, you'll ask me, you're yeah. like, probably going to recover yeah. from them, but you can manage that condition and yeah. learn to live by like full life in spite of it. And yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Um, it's obviously a less understood condition perhaps still, 
But um, yeah, it's it's so interesting. And so in 2019, then you kind of quit working in the NHS. Yeah. And kind of um, shifted your focus in terms of your employment into looking at this more full time and this idea of supporting others. So tell us a bit more about that transition and kind of how that all came about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it, it was it was an interesting one. And just as a side note, I think now chronic fatigue is definitely much more understood and there is definitely Good. a lot more done, thankfully. I mean, because we are mm-hmm. talking like 11 years ago. But, yeah, I'm thankful to say things have improved. That's um, good. I think there's still room for improvement, but, yeah, things have improved. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, yeah, 2019, I, was, I got healed in 2018. And so 2019... There'd been a situation at work where my job, so I'd kind of built myself back up. I was at that point a children's nurse educator, so I was teaching in the healthcare setting. Mm-hmm. And my job changed and we we moved companies and they were basically like, yeah, what you've been doing, you can't do that anymore. And I just remember being like, I can't do this again. I cannot, you know, after I went through what I went through to like leave pediatric intensive care it took a lot to pick myself up and I don't think Mm. I ever fully recovered the passion for nursing I think I lost it at that point but Mm. I was like no I'm a good nurse I can do this and I just picked myself up and I and I carried on for a number of years and that happened and I went I don't think I can do this anymore and at that exact moment I found out what a nutritional therapist was because I'd been looking at different ways to study nutrition and nothing had ever felt like it fitted And I found out what a nutritional therapist was. And I went, that's exactly what I want to do. It's body and mind, and I can bring the spirit into this. Mm. And then this, like I say, work changed, and there was an opportunity to leave. And and I felt God was like, you've got to go, and you've got to go now. And I was like, but but why, you know? I've got plenty of time. Like, you know, this course, you know, I could start in a few months and God was like, no, no, I really need you to go now. And I was like, all right, then. So I did. I took a leap of faith and I make it sound like it was easy and it wasn't easy. It needed a lot of prayer and a lot of, am I really sure I want to leave the pension because it's always about the pension. But also, you know, at that point we were trying for a baby. I got married um, in 2017. So by that point we were trying for a baby. So we were like Mm -hmm. maternity pay. There was a lot of things to consider. Yeah, because it's stability, isn't it? And it's it is stability. Yeah. Like, from a stable NHS job to working for yourself. That's always a huge <laughs> job. It is. But I was like, no, I think I'm just going to do it. All right, I'll mm. do this. And um, so I took the leap of faith, started a, another business that's first aid training, which I still do a little bit, but not very much. And uh, And then COVID hit six months later. And I remember thinking, like, it was a blessing, but not at the same time, because there was an awful lot of guilt about leaving my colleagues in the NHS, Mm. but also a sense of relief, because for me, whilst with chronic fatigue, it's not a straightforward condition. I look back and I can look in my past and go, this is what contributed to it. Mm. But the main trigger was probably swine flu, which is related to to covid right and so i almost think by being out of the nhs i was protected and as far as i'm aware i've never had covid since yeah um and there was always that there was a slight fear of if i get this will i go, get sick again yeah um and so i was protected and also if i'd have been in the nhs i'd, I'd probably still be there like i wouldn't yeah. have left you know i'd be like nope gotta keep going um so I think God did protect me and and it was a really hard season I mean I I think I'm still there really in in this 
challenging season. But I think what I have learned is God was in it in every step. Like there are times that I look at my accounts and I go, I have no idea how I paid for that course because it was self-funded because there was no way of um, getting a loan with this particular Mm -hmm. course. So it was self-funded. And literally I had no work for months because of COVID. I was doing face-to-face training. But there was like just things would pop up and think, you know, and I would just go, okay, right, let's just do that then. Or at one point I was making face masks um, because I was doing sewing. And so I was just making face masks to sell, to make money. And Mm. bit by bit, like I just kept going and got through the course. And I even had a miscarriage in the middle of this course. But I literally was like, I know where I'm headed. I know that I really want to support these women so I've just got to keep going <laughs> um, and sort of went through the course. But, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it's amazing because you did graduate and you started your company afterwards. And, you know, I just think it's so inspiring that you've been able to use your own recovery journey and that story and that learning to yeah. and then turned it into a story of hope for other people that now you're able to bring some of that hope and that experience to others I just I think that's amazing um yeah so just you know really want to encourage you in that like it's it's (laughs) just wonderful and I'm also really interested to hear a little bit about your fertility journey too because you just touched on it briefly there you mentioned that you had a miscarriage a couple of years into marriage and you know I know you I know that it's something that you're still in the middle of now, actually. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, as you know, it's it's a subject that's close to my heart too because yeah. I've been through a similar path. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? How has that unfolded and has that affected yeah. your faith as well? Sure. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I think this has probably been the biggest challenge to my faith. Yeah. And there have been moments, Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched SES Who Dares Wins, but... <laughs> there's like yeah it's my husband you know I'm just gonna give that one to him but there's a thing where there's armbands and when you're like just cannot take it anymore you take take your armband off and give it to the instructor and you leave and there have been many times I've literally been like god I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and I'm clinging on by my by my fingertips so I guess I should give some context to kind of where that what's happened with the fertility journey so I was single for a very long time like you know you know how you've got life life goals you know sure. sometimes I think yeah uh give god a, was it give god a plan and then he laughs or something like that isn't it yeah but in my head plans and expectations, yeah. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah. in my head I was going to be married at 25 children by 30 thank you very much yeah. uh I got married at almost 35 so in my head I think I'm about 10 years behind <laughs> and I guess some of that delay was because of the chronic fatigue as well yes. right because yeah, your life definitely. was so limited for a long time and yeah you couldn't socialize and work in a yeah. normal way yeah yeah it had a massive impact because dating was like a I wouldn't call it a luxury but it was very much a I can only do this if I have so much energy. Yeah. And interestingly, God told me, and I didn't listen, God told me that um, I wouldn't meet anyone internet dating. And I carried on internet dating because I was like, but that you're supposed, if you want something, you've got to be seen to be doing something. Yeah. And and then randomly I moved, I was in Scotland and I moved back to Devon. And uh, one day I just walked into a church, shook a guy's hand and went, I'm going to marry him. And that was my husband. Wow. And so we got married. He just knew straight and away. And literally, sh- literally oh. shook his hand and was like, that's it. This is my husband. Um, 
um yeah that that was that really and and so um yeah so we got married i was almost 35 and then obviously we had a bit of time together and then we started trying now god had actually given me a promise um that i would have a son and this was before i met my husband so that was always like at the back mm. of my head that you know this promise of a son and so we started trying and nothing happened and so after six months because i was over 35 we went and did the tests mm. and they were like we can't find anything wrong with either of you that medically um and so we were like do we do ivf and interestingly i'd never had any peace about ivf not way before i was married i just mm -hmm. had this sense that ivf was not something that i was going to be able to do and i don't know if that was linked to the chronic fatigue or because my body was like i said before i is hyper vigilant so the stress yes. and stress as we know isn't very good for fertility and it's a process isn't it it's a very full-on process yeah. yeah yeah but my husband you know he he was really keen to have a look into it so I was like I'm mm. gonna do this because I don't want to regret it because obviously yeah. once in Devon once you're 40 you that's it you can't get free treatment like yeah. you're allowed a round of free treatment um so we looked into it and in the meantime I got we got pregnant which was incredible so about I think two years of trying mm. um and that that was amazing but sadly we had a missed miscarriage so we had an early scan because I'd had so many friends go for 12 week scans and find that the the baby had died. I was like, I, I want to do an early mm. scan. So we sadly went and found there was no heartbeat. And and that was that was hard. But I had hope because I so I chose to have a um, a local DNC, which I would not recommend doing um, in all honesty, because I think oh, that sounds tough. <laughs> It was tough. And now I look back and I go, I think there was a lot of trauma associated yeah. with that. But I think in my head, I had people saying, you know, I had a DNC. I got pregnant really quickly. A lot of people going, I had a miscarriage. Then I got pregnant really quickly. So in my head, I was like, oh, great. I'll do this. It's really suck. It really sucks that, you know, our baby is with Jesus. Mm. But it's OK because we got pregnant and that's great. And that's amazing. Yeah. But then I didn't get, or we didn't get pregnant and we've not got pregnant again. And that, I think, the month after month after month. And then we went, we ended up going back to the IVF clinic because we had an appointment like um, with them. And they basically like, even though you got pregnant, there is no other option for you but IVF. Mm. And I was just like, no, I'm I have no peace. I can't do this. No peace. Mm. And they were like, are you really sure? Because your time is running out. Um, again, I guess it comes back. I've just had a thought of like, it feels like being sat in the, with the GP going, you will never recover. And again, it's, it's like, they're not, they're not saying it will never happen, but they were like, your time's running out. You know, you're getting older. And I was just like, no, I can't do this. And, and I must say my mental health, it, I, I was grieving, but I think because when we had the miscarriage, I was also in the midst of the degree. Mm. I didn't realize how much I was grieving, how much, and we were also in the middle of COVID until yeah. I finished my degree. And then I finished my degree and was like, oh my word, I'm broken. Like I felt broken at that point. Yeah. Like I ended up getting counseling, but it was like a year later because I literally was like head down, getting sad. Like I think things were just getting harder and harder and harder because mm you know, 
I was grieving, but it was so hard to kind of know what it was that what was happening. It's it's a lot to process um, grief after loss, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, that's even, you know, obviously the COVID thing separately. And you'd had other issues before that. And I I think there is a lot of processing and sometimes processing comes quite a bit later, doesn't it? And it catches up with you later. But it's, I think, you know, I talk to a lot of women in this space and, and they talk a lot about that sort of hope and loss cycle or that yeah. hope and disappointment cycle that you're on. As, as a couple that are trying to conceive and facing infertility every month, it's like hope and then disappointment, yeah. hope and disappointment. And it's kind of this endless cycle. And so that dis- is like disappointment layered on, on top of yeah. like disappointment and on top of grief. And it's, it can be quite intensive when you're like living that reality for a long time. Um, so I'm not surprised that you're saying that is the thing more than anything else that really broke your heart, break your faith or came closest to breaking your faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still clinging. clinging like, on, even yes. now I'm still clinging going, I have no idea what comes next because we have looked at fostering and adoption. Mm-hmm. But again, I, at this present moment, we don't have peace about it. Yeah. And it's not saying that it's wrong. It's just saying, I think we're both exhausted, you know, mm. five years of trying and, you know, the everything that's happened with, you know, I've run two businesses, COVID, everything that's happened. I think we're just exhausted. So we've yeah, got to this point of just being like, we want a child, but we're so, we're just tired. We're yeah. just tired now. So we're clinging to God because... I also remember what it was like pre-God and I don't want to go back to life without God, but it's trying to find, I think this is the hardest part of the moment for us is, is finding joy in life without children and going, Mm. you know, things like we love to sea swim and we'll often get a really early train at like 6.30 in the morning down to a local beach and we'll be like, this is really cool. We don't have children because we've been able to get a train at 6.30 in the morning. Like we've had to go really small. Yeah just to be like it's okay right now that we don't have children it hurts but we have to and actually rob and i like we're so strong like if nothing else i am incredibly thankful because we joke that neither of us were what each other wanted if we'd have seen each other on a dating site because we're seven years in apart in age he's seven years younger than me we'd have just gone nah he's not for me or she's not for me um but i've always known he was the right man for me and like now, like our our relationship is so strong. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that, that through it all, like, yeah, I waited for a Christian man. I waited for, you know, someone who yeah. knew God. And that is one thing, like whilst in the singleness, it was hard. I'm so thankful now, like, that I have a man who loves God because I think I would have lost my faith by now if I didn't have him walking beside me. Yeah, it's like that ability to walk the path of pain and suffering together, isn't yeah. it? Not doing yeah. it on your own. And um, not that we're ever doing it on our own because I know God's walking with us, but of there course, is that thing yeah. about companionship, isn't there? And, yeah. you know, I know you're very much still in the middle of the journey and you don't know the final outcome yet, but yeah, um, obviously at the same time, I love that kind of truth that you kind of touched on there that is like it's almost like but what's the other alternative than clinging on to God it's to go back to the hopelessness of your life before you knew God and that yeah. isn't an option and sometimes you know I've known that as well at, at mm. points where it's like where else can I go God what other hope on mm. the, in this life do I have except you and sometimes it is 
as simple as that, isn't it? Even life's tough, but like really what else offers us that kind of hope? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that really resonates what you're saying there. And um, yeah, I wonder in all of this kind of what's, what's kind of one big takeaway or perhaps one big lesson that you've learned up to now if about life or faith, if you could kind of distill it down to just one thing, I know that's probably hard, <laughs> but, but like, what would yeah. it be? What would your takeaway be up to this point in your journey? I know it's not done yet. No, it's not done yet. But I think the biggest thing that God has been teaching me is to almost let go of control, yeah. which I find very hard to do, but yeah, let go yeah. of the outcome. Yeah, yeah. It's like go of the outcome almost. Yeah. It's almost just sitting in being it's being okay to be me right now. I think I've been learning so much recently about trauma um from childhood and mm. and how that's impacted how I think about God. And so it's almost been kind of God right now is just going, look, I just want you to be okay to be you. Mm. You know, be okay to be you without children, without the business that you expected, without, you know, everything that you expected. And it's just letting it go and going, okay, I am enough as I am yeah. with God, full stop. Yeah. And, you know, whatever comes next, I, I don't know. But it's like, it's it's almost kind of going, I'm hoping, I'm still going to stay hopeful for children and hopeful for like, you know, the business to be how I want it to be. But ultimately the most important thing is is god Mm. yeah yeah sorry yeah i love that i you know it's that idea of like so many of us are planners aren't we and yeah it's okay to plan it's okay to have a plan like you said like your life plan to have you know get married at 25 and have children at 30 i I think my plan was similar and mine didn't (laughs) pan out that way either and yeah um but yeah, it, it's okay to have those plans, but it's that idea of letting go of the outcome and just trusting God that actually he has the outcome and he's holding us and he's holding it all in his hands and mm. kind of is really freeing if you can just sit in that truth, isn't it, in the middle of it rather than constantly wrestling and stressing about it all. And I know there's moments of stressing and wrestling, but those moments where we just sit and find a peace and relax into God and into trusting him so much easier Um, (laughs) I know I found that to be really true as well so yeah I think that's really wise really good advice yeah and I think at the moment I have literally got to a place of just going okay God you know at the moment there's like two big things in my life you know there's the business and and fertility it seems like there's those two things so each day I'm like God how are we partnering together today and yeah. what can I do to work towards these goals? So it, it I've not given it a time frame because I find when there's a time frame, it makes things worse. And I remember yeah. reading uh, Corey Ten Boom when she was talking about the concentration camps and it was very yeah. much the sense of those that had a timeline of we'll be out by Easter or Christmas, they were the ones that lost hope the quickest. And that's definitely what I've seen is that thought of I'll be pregnant by or this will happen by and it's not happened. And I've gotten like discouraged, disappointment, you know, struggled with depression because it's not happening how you want it to happen. So it is that sort of ability to just go, you've promised this. I know the Bible says that 
you are not someone who lies you are someone who keeps keeps his promises yeah. and these promises have been given to me from other people as well it's not just kind of what i believe um will happen yeah. and so each day it's like i can't think about when this will happen but it's it will happen and then it's like what can i do because i do believe that we're not just to sit back and do nothing yeah but it's not striving it's just what can i do to partner with you today and and what steps can i take to work so we're working together yeah if, if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah i love that that's that's really good advice well it's been really fab talking to you today and hearing a bit about your story and I know we could probably talk and talk and talk about this to be honest um because we have a lot of overlap in, in that part of our <laughs> yeah. stories um but obviously we are going to have to bring this to an end um but it'd be really great if you could tell people where they can find you if they perhaps want to connect or find out a bit more about what you're doing with Nourish to Soar or just want to talk to you and chat informally maybe a bit of your story resonates with theirs like how can people find you tell us all the ways yeah so I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Nourish to Soar you can also find me on my website at nourishtosaur.co.uk. I also offer a free 30-minute kind of chat just to kind of talk through, you know, sometimes I can give you some quick wins if you're looking at sort of diet mm -hmm. and lifestyle changes or if you just fancy a, a cuppa and a chat, really, <laughs> then you can you can come and say hi, really. Love that. Love the uh, offer of like a free taster as well. It sounds good to me. Um Claire, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a bit of your time and sharing your story so generously with us today. Um, it's been great. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. Everyone, thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on What's the Story Again soon. And just like that, we have reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Now remember to check out Crowd Church at www.crowd.church, even if you might not see the point of church. You see, we are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus can help us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. And you are welcome at Crowd Church. Don't forget to subscribe to the What's the Story podcast on your favourite podcast app because we've got a treasure trove of inspiring stories coming your way and we would basically hate for you to miss any of them. And just in case no one has told you yet today, remember, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. What's the Story is a production of Crowd Church our fantastic team, including Anna Kettle, Sadaf Bainon, and me, Edmondson, uh, and Tanya Hutzelak, work behind the scenes tirelessly to bring you all these fabulous stories. Our theme song is a creative work of Josh Edmondson. And if you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. And whilst you're there, sign up for our free weekly newsletter to get all of this goodness delivered straight to your inbox. So that's it from all of us this week here at What's the Story. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. We'll catch you next time. Bye for now.